This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. This is the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. Views expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of this station, its staff, management, or news department. The Director of Public Health in Broome County is our guest today, Mary McFadden. Welcome to the program once again. Good morning, Kathy. I'm glad to be with you. It's It's been a while since we've had you on. Of course, you have not been like sitting back in an easy chair by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, you, you've been with the health department for quite a long time, so it's not your first rodeo. But did you ever think, stepping in as the director of public health in Broome County, that there is just so much stuff? I mean, you knew about COVID going into it, but then we got other right. stuff that keeps popping up. I mean, the the different mm-hmm. variants that just don't seem to stop and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's a great time to be a public health director, Kathy. To be honest, it's, you know, I love public health in the sense that, that it's every day is different. And our job is to protect the health and wellness of our community, and that's what we love to do best. Well, you certainly aren't bored. No, not at all. <laughs> well, here we are in September already. Gosh, can you believe it? I, mean, I can't. I know. It's just, uh, you know, those of us that have certain seasonal things that go on, you know, mm-hmm. it just flies by. And we're we're talking back to school, but as we just mentioned, there's everything keeps changing with COVID. Now, where we had been in a total panic mode two years ago, um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's kind of swung the other way, and I'm concerned that people may be a little complacent when it mm-hmm. comes to COVID now. Uh, but on the other hand, I hear other things too. I've heard of of people that won't go to certain settings that are geared for young children because young children still can't get vaccinated. And whereas in the previous summers, everything was done outdoors. Now everything is enclosed and they don't feel comfortable. How, what is a comfort level? What should parents be thinking about as they get ready to pop the little ones on the bus? Yeah, that's a great question, Kathy. And, you know, as parents, we want to make sure our children are safe and our schools have really been heroes in the last three years now. Um, Every school year has been a challenge, but it seems like this school year, the 2022 to 2023, um, is going to be giving schools a lot more flexibility while keeping children safe and healthy. Um, The CDC issued new guidance two weeks ago regarding COVID, and it is because we have vaccination now uh, for um, babies six months and up. Uh, So people have access to getting their children vaccinated, which is the best thing to do to reduce severity of COVID. Um, And we also have a lot of testing available. We have treatment opportunities. So the guidance this year has really transformed to allow schools to have um, a lot more discretion. The CDC has eliminated um, the recommendation to quarantine, which is a big deal. Uh, so students won't miss as much school if they've been exposed. What they need to be aware of is that their children need to wear a well-fitted mask for 10 days during that quote-unquote quarantine period um, and testing at day five or earlier if symptoms should arise. 
So that will keep students in school. There's no more test to stay. There is no more screening um, for people who are unvaccinated in schools. Um, and the quarantine recommendation, um, the removal of it, is regardless of a individual's vaccination status. So, you know, that's, that's all really good for schools and for parents and for children. It, there's still a level of uncomfortableness about this whole thing, about is are certain agencies, you know, the federal agencies kind of being pushed to by public pressure to kind of ease back on this? Is it really that safe to, you know, stick the mask in my bottom part of my purse rather than up top and you know what, what about all these variants that keep popping up and the talk about a fall surge and spikes and and everything you know how should we still be uncomfortable and should we still be prepared with those masks in, in case that we get numbers that are starting to spike in our area absolutely i mean really it's about assessing your individual risk kathy and making sure our community members know what their particular risk would be and for the sake of protecting others. So if we start to see an increase in cases and um, the community levels on the CDC website is really where the CDC is placing their guidance. So right now, Broome County is in a medium uh, COVID transmission level. Which We've been stuck there for quite some time. Yes, yes, we have. So. There is caution. Um, people who are, you know, immunocompromised and older adults, you know, those are individuals who really have to um, consider their risk. And, you know, it's important that we're always ready to put that mask on if we needed to, to protect ourselves and to protect others, more importantly. Um, and the vaccination is available. Our rates in Broome County, unfortunately, aren't as good as New York State or the U.S. We have much potential for improvement, especially for the ages of 25 and younger. Hmm. So that would help if people were vaccinated. As far as the variants, you know, they continue to evolve right now. The summer variants are BA5 coming from Omicron and BA4 coming from Omicron. Those two mainly make up the um, variants that we have right now. So it's important that people understand the mitigation strategies, which are all available for them. Now, as far as boosters go, especially for us old folks, um, there I had heard that there is going to be possibly in the next few weeks um, new kind of booster that really targets more the Omicron and those variants. Should those of us of a certain age kind of hold off until those boosters are available before we go for maybe this would be a second booster for, for people? Great question. Um, yes, there's going to be what's called a bivalent, and uh, it's going to cover a couple different strains, um, more geared toward Omicron. Um, and I would not wait until those are available. If you need your vaccine to be up to date, I would get it now, um, you know, Pfizer, Moderna, whichever one you choose, but both companies have um, a bivalent in the works that is going to be available at some point this fall, but it does have to go through the FDA approval process. Mm -hmm. um, so I would not wait. I would get your vaccine. It's available. And then um, talk to your provider about your 
risk moving forward and when you could get the bivalent. The other deal is that if you feel kind of funky and you're going, oh, I don't know, is this COVID or is it allergies or what? We were always told, you know, get tested, go test. They were the free test kits. Well, by the time this airs, that's run out. Friday was the last day for you to sign up for the federal government to send you the free COVID test kits. Are we still that important? Is that important still? Is you feel that if you're sick to be tested for COVID and if you're sick with anything, really, if you can stay home? Kathy, you hit the nail on the head. If you are sick, stay home. Getting tests, we still have the tests that are free here at the Broome County Health Department. They're right in our front lobby area and the public is encouraged to come and get them as needed. Schools will have them. Governor Hochul has sent out three million um, test home test kits for students. So schools will have them as well. So we still have them here in Broome County. What other things, uh, we'll get back to the back to school thing, what other things should parents be aware of? Because some of people are just getting back into the routine of a regular school schedule. What kind of things should parents, I mean, we're running out of time to get all these preps done, but as far as health concerns, what should parents have their ducks all lined up and crossed off and teed and X'd and things for getting ready the kids going back to school? Yeah, I sound like a broken record right now, but vaccination. Vaccination, they need to be, children need to be up to date in New York State for many vaccines, mm-hmm. and that truly is the best protection Um, And also teaching your children about washing their hands before eating, after they come in from recess, um, after they go to the bathroom, just making sure that they have access to being able to wash their hands, keeping their hands clean. That's a huge preventative strategy right now. And then, um, you know, just making sure that your child, you know, a sick child is not ready to learn. So if they're sick and they need to stay home to recover, Make sure they do that. And if you need a COVID test, you can ask the school or you can get them from the health department. Well, that's also good advice for anybody that some of the people are just getting back to returning to in-office work that have been mm-hmm. working from home. Even if it's a flex schedule, that the hand-washing and the sanitizing, I think a lot of people have kind of slid backwards on going around and hitting everything with the wipes and all that kind of stuff because they feel a little more secure that they're not going to get sick right away. Right. And, and you know, we want to be pro-mask in terms of if people want to wear masks, if they're comfortable and they feel safer, please wear the mask regardless. Right. Um, you know, it, it's important that children also have that, that flexibility. If their parents really want them to wear a mask in school, that is okay. Right. They, they should not be uh, ridiculed for that. Before we run out of time, I do want to talk, uh, this past week, there was a health advisory that came out from the Tompkins County Health Department that kind of, you know, threw the light bulb over a few people's heads that there was an incident involving a dog bite when uh, people were walking at a wildflower preserve in Ithaca. And the Tompkins County Health Department was kind of scrambling to, even the dog was on leash and under control by a human being and everything has still bit somebody and then they're trying to find the dog and find out the status for the vaccination of uh, status of the dog and whether or not the person who has bitten it needs to go through uh, 
post-rabies exposure treatments. This, again, throws up the, the flag about rabies. It's out there. And uh, give us some, some word on what's uh, what people should have in mind when we're talking about our pets and ourselves when we are out in the wilds and maybe in the not-so-much wilds with animals around. Absolutely, Kathy. The summer months are notorious for uh, bats in the home, um, but what to do if you um, come into contact with a wild animal, especially a raccoon or a bat or a skunk or a fox, stay away, keep your pets away, um, make sure the animal uh, is going away on its own. You can control or you can call a nuisance wildlife or um, animal control officer who may move the animal, uh, remove the animal for a fee. Um, but if that animal becomes a, a threatening you can also call the um, local animal control officer. We do not remove animals, but they would. Um, If you suspect that, um, you know, your pet has been exposed to an animal that might be rabid, making sure that you're wearing gloves to handle your pet because saliva contain the virus, the rabies virus, um, and that might be on your pet's fur. Hmm. Check your animal for bites or scratches and then isolate your pets from animals for several hours and people and making sure that you're calling your veterinarian. So in New York State, um, all dogs, cats, and domesticated ferrets are required to be vaccinated by four months of age, but sometimes we don't know if they actually are. And if you or your pet become, um, you know, get in contact with uh, a, a stray animal or another a person's dog or cat, um, making sure that you wash your wound with lots of soap and, and water, obtain the pet owner's name, address, and telephone number if you can get it, right. and find out if that animal has a current rabies vaccination. That's very important. And you should also seek medical attention, uh, go to your family doctor or the nearest emergency room, and then be in contact with us to determine if rabies prophylaxis is necessary. Um, If you have a bat in your home and there is a child or somebody who might be mentally impaired or um, somebody who is sleeping and you know that there's a bat in the room and if you can catch it, putting gloves on, we have a video on our website if you can follow it, um, catching that bat, putting it on ice, putting it in a container, and bringing it to us for testing, that would be very important. Well, and very, very, very important. Make sure your pet is up to date on those rabies shots. We're out of time, Mary. Thank you so much for being my guest. This yes, is, Kathy, thank you. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of the station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. Friday, September